And we'll begin reading in Exodus 7 and verse number 14. Uh, we're going to jump back into the story of Moses. We've, we've kind of went off of that for a couple weeks, but I'd like to share with you a little bit. Uh, Moses, this is the beginning of the plagues. So we're going to take the first plague. We're going to read through the first plague, what takes place. And to give you just uh, five simple thoughts tonight. And um, Exodus chapter 7. Exodus chapter 7. So let's begin reading in verse number 14. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning. Lo, he goeth out unto the water, and thou shalt stand by the river's brink against he come, and the rod which was turned to a serpent shalt thou take in thine hand, and thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to thee, unto thee, saying, Let my people go. And, and as we get, we're going to continue to read, but understand this is something that Pharaoh knew. This is something, it wasn't new to Pharaoh. We go back a couple chapters and, or go back a couple verses, you'll see that Moses is standing before Pharaoh telling him, hey, look, God's told me that we're to let the children of Israel go, and Pharaoh refuses to let God's children go. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the, we're going to look at the plague some of the next, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to look at the plagues, but as we look at it tonight, we're going to look at just one plague tonight. Look, he said, let my people go. Disobedience, why he wouldn't let them go. And they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou wouldest not hear me. Thus saith the Lord, in verse 17, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. He said, you're going to let them go. And when you let them go, we're going to go worship God. And this is how you're going to know that I am the Lord. We, Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters and uh, which are in the river, and they, and they shall be turned to blood. God said, Moses, when old Pharaoh comes out to the river tomorrow, you're going to go out there and you're going to speak to him. You're going to say, Pharaoh, let the children of Israel go. We're going to go down the river. We're going to go down the way and we're going to worship God. Pharaoh, if you don't let the children of Israel go, then I'm going to turn this water right here into blood. That's what God told Moses to do. So look what, look what happens in verse number 18. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying to Aaron, Take thy rod and stretch out thy hand upon the waters of the Egypt, upon the streams, upon the rivers, and upon the ponds, upon all the pools of water, that they may become Blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land and, and e, of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and vessels of stone. Do you know what took place here? You you want to know the plague that God did? Uh, you know, and I, I don't know. Even as a kid, I don't know that I completely understood or completely grabbed a hold of this. 
But everything that took place in this text, everything that took place in this text, you know, in my mind, I, I just thought he just went down the river and turned the river water blood. But that's not the only water that he turned blood. If you look at that text, Moses was to turn the river, the water bl to blood. And then when the water turned to blood, all the fish would die. So not only would the water turn to blood, but the fish would die. And then he said, tell Aaron to go to the ponds. And go to the little creeks. And go to the little, little place where they have pots of water sitting in their yard. And little, hey, while they're catching the rainwater to drink, hey, make sure you go to that pot and turn it into blood. So not only was the river water blood, but he's, God said, I want you to turn every drinking water into blood so that when the Egyptians go to drink, they can't drink the water because it's blood. Now, why would God do this to the Egyptians? Why would God choose to turn the water into blood to the Egyptians? You say, why? Why would he do this to them? I'll tell you why. Because the Pharaoh refused to obey, refused to heed to God's command. God said, let the children of Israel go. It wasn't his first warning when the plague started. It wasn't his second warning when the plague started. It was, the, I believe, the third or fourth warning that God had given Pharaoh before he said, since you won't let them go, I'm going to cause plagues to come across Egypt. Now, in this text, you'll also find that there was this, this plague that affected him didn't affect the Israelites. It affected the Egyptians. The blood that they, or the water that they were to drink was blood. God did it because he refused to let, ah, I ain't letting your children go. And I, I tell you this, another reason why God did it is because, are you ready for this? He loves his children. You say he loves his children? That's right. Who's his children? I am. Hey, at that time, it was the children of Israel, the Jews. But I am a child of God. We read that in the book of John. When I, he gave us the power to become the sons of God. So I am the son of God. And so when it comes time, God will protect his children. God will uh, guide his children. God will uh, make sure that they're protected as they're in, necessarily, they were in Egypt. They were slaves. They were, uh, they were being attacked. Some of them were being killed. But God said, I'll protect them. That's why God said, hey, I want you, hey, he loves me. He loves me, he loves me, he loves me, this I know. He gave his life for fallen man because he loves me so. Hey, why? Why, does, why did God bring these plagues? Because Pharaoh wouldn't listen. Why did God bring these plagues? Because the children, he loves his children. He protects his children. So, now, 
As we make our way through this text, let's begin reading again. Or let me give you a couple points and then we'll continue to read. Number one, we see the reproving before the plague. Look in verse number 16. And thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of Hebrews hath sent me to say unto thee. Sent me unto thee. What was he doing? He was giving him another what? He was giving him another chance. See, he still wasn't poor, or he wasn't making the water blood yet. Look, God is long-suffering. God is merciful. God is full of grace. And when you don't obey the first time, when you don't obey the second time, and you don't obey the third time, God is gracious and merciful. But the day will come. Well, he's done. That's right. Get the paddle out and whoop them. <laughs> That's right. Bible says... Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth betimes. What does that mean? As many as it takes to get you back to where you need. Don't think for just a moment in the story of the prodigal son when he left home. You don't think that that was not. It is a story, but you don't think that that was God punishing him for doing wrong and living wrong and doing, being wrong. Think of Lot as he went to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. God punished him because of his wrong, wicked lifestyle that he chose to live and allowed his children to live. I mean, when the, when the angels came to his door, he offered up his virgin daughters to the men of the city. How in the world can you get to that place? But old, old Lot did. And God cursed. Hey, he paid the price. Don't think for just a moment you'll get, yeah, I'll do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and I ain't going to pay the penalty. You will pay the penalty. Penalty. Always has consequences. He, there was a, a reproof of the, of the plague. But not only this, but the revelation of the plague. He said, verse 17, he said, Thus saith the Lord, I am the Lord. Who was given who was given this command? I am the Lord. That's who was given this command. It wasn't Moses and it wasn't Aaron and it wasn't his buddy and it wasn't the guy down the street, it was God. Not only do we see the reproving and the and the revelation, but look look in verse number 20. And Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded and he lifted up the rod and smote the water that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants and all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. And the fish that were in the river died and the river stank and the Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river and there was blood throughout all the land of where? Because he wouldn't let the children of Israel go. Number three, you see the ruin you see the ruin. What did it ruin? It ruined everything. It ruined the water. It ruined the fish. What was what was their what was their way of eating? Can you imagine as a fisherman in Egypt that day, as you're going out to fish, and all of a sudden these fish start popping up everywhere. And they're all dead. And the Bible says that they stank. 
Now, I'm not the, I don't know exactly because I've never messed with much. But, but fish, when they first die, they don't stink. It takes maybe a day, maybe two days, they begin to have a smell to them. But the Bible says immediately they stank. So not look, when, when the ruin came, the curse came, the blood came uh, upon the water, and it killed every single fish in the water. Can you imagine if they did that, if God did that to the ocean, how many fish would come to the top? You talk about the, I, I, the river that runs down in Egypt. Can you imagine how many fish were in that river? And all the frogs that were in that river? And all the gators or the probably crocodiles that were in that river, and they just began to float. And the blood was in the water, and it wasn't good to drink. It ruined, it ruined their ecosystem. Well, what were they going to do? How were they going to drink? They're going to have to go to the neighboring town to go drink, huh? Neighboring state to go drink. What? Because why? He didn't want to obey God. And God loves his children. See the ruin. See the revelation. Uh, see the reproving. It ruined their eating. It ruined their fish. Mm. Look at verse number 22. We see a repeat of what took place. You say a repeat. Look what happens. And the Bible says that the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, neither did he hearken unto them, as the Lord had said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house, neither did he set his heart to this also. Look what, look what took place. The magicians did their little repeat deal. They wanted to act like they were Moses and Aaron, turning the water into blood. But do you know what they didn't do? What they did do, what they did do was they did exactly, they, they mimicked what Moses did. They did. But they didn't do it to the extent in which Moses did. And not only that, but they couldn't reverse what Moses had did. You say, how could they not reverse it? Because it wasn't Moses that did it. It was God. And God was trying to teach the children of Israel, trying to teach Egypt a lesson, trying to teach Pharaoh a lesson. Let my people go. He wanted to teach them something. He wanted to teach them something. Verse number 24. And all the Egyptians digged round about the river for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled after the Lord had spent the river. Hmm? Seven days. And guess what Pharaoh's doing? Ah, the rejection. How can you reject it? I don't know about you, but there's no way. Day one, yeah. Day two, maybe. But after day three, the fish are really stinking. And there's nothing to drink. And there's no water to have that's not bloody. And I'm not picking up a bloody 
drink of water. No. I mean, I, I ain't doing it. I ain't, hey, 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 Stacy, give me a drink of water. Hey, give me some ice cubes. Look, my ice cubes are blood. My water's blood. I ain't doing it. And these guys, seven days. Nope. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. (laughs) But as a Christian, what do you say? What do you say, preacher? Look. Where are you? I'm going to end there. Verse number 25. We'll pick up next week, right? uh, Chapter number eight. Well, where are you? Are you at that point? I don't want to hear it. When things go bad in your life, when things go bad in my life, when I feel like I'm getting a whooping, I might would change. I remember as a kid, I hated whoopings. But I sure hated to get whoopings from my, from my mama. My daddy, I, I didn't mind it as bad. But my mama, I did not want to get a whooping by my mama. You say, why? Because my daddy would hold back because he, he was afraid he might hurt me. But my mama, she didn't hold back. She gave me everything she got. <laughs> Don't tell my mama I said that either. If I wanted her to know, I'd tell her. I'm just kidding. But I remember the pain associated with something that was wrong. And so the next time I went back to do something I didn't want to do, the pain that was associated with the thing that, ah, I shouldn't go there. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't touch that. Growing up as a kid, we had a hot wood burning stove. That's how we heated the house. And during the winter, you had to have it going. We grew up, I grew up in Kansas, so you had to have that wood heater going all the time during the wintertime. And as a young age, do you know what you had to learn? Not to touch the stove. Because it wasn't like they put up a gate around the stove so it'd be hot. No, you had to learn not to touch the stove because it was hot. And you know, I, I don't, I, do you know what I never did? I never, I never touched the stove when it was hot. Do you know why? Because I got a whooping saying, don't you dare get close to that thing because it'll burn you. Yeah. Don't you see God's trying to say, stop? Don't go there. That's right. That's right. Let my people go. The rejection. Nope, I don't want it. I ain't hearing it. And we're going to go over these plagues. But you'll see over and over and over and over again, Pharaoh rejects the Lord. The Bible says, and the Lord hardened his heart. Why would the Lord harden his heart? Rejection. Nope. If you'll go forward in time, I believe, I don't know the exact text it is, but Saul is king of Israel. And the Bible says that Saul did something he wasn't supposed to do. He was, he was not supposed to do something, and he did it the, the way that he thought it would be better to do. And the Bible says that God rejected him as king. God said, I'm done. I'm through with you. Because you won't do exactly what I tell you to do. God rejected him. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want God rejecting me. That's right. Hey, where are you going? Hey, what you doing? Don't reject God. Don't reject God. Don't reject God. Because the, the sin will ruin your life. The sin will th- make things stink. You think it stinks now, just add sin. And it'll stink worse. I challenge you, Christian. Don't be Pharaoh. Don't reject. Get the sin out of your life. Don't let it ruin you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for allowing us.